Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Well, you're back live today with Alex Leach. Excited to have her here as the owner of her own company. And yeah, we're talking about the consulting services she offers. It's Alex Leach Consulting. Uh, she's a neurodiversity coach, uh, consultant, advocate, and so much more. Welcome back today. How are you? I am great, Jill. How are you doing? I'm doing well on this beautiful fall day in New York. Now, you're based out of where specifically? Toronto, just oh, so across it's, the lake, across the lake. So it's probably yeah. the same temperatures, maybe a little colder than it is now. Um, but happy fall. It's here upon Thank us. Uh, could you share with our listeners and viewers uh, a little bit about what it is that you do specifically? So I am a neurodiversity specialist, which means that I work with families. And that means it could be parents and or uh, tween, teens and young adults who are neurodistinct, whether that is, um, you know, multiple diagnoses such as autism, ADHD, dyslexia, learning disability, um, it, it falls under that neurodiverse umbrella. And, but I also do work with some families that um, are, you know, neurotypical because they have other challenges you know, that, that are aligned with neurodiverse, but it is not an actual diagnosis. So anybody that has like a working memory challenge, uh, maybe identifies as ADHD, uh, basically anybody that feels that they're struggling, I work with in the family unit. It's all about family empowerment because we are not alone. Nobody's an island in the family. That is true. Uh, some people who don't have family may offer differ, but there's people like yes. you, there's friends, there's support, there's community. Exactly. So it was have to let them know. Family doesn't have to be blood related. It could be no chosen family and it's also extended family because again we're not an island so a lot of the challenges that you know i hear from you know my clients are maybe not as you know not as much actually within that that nuclear family but it has a lot to do with you know grandparents aunts and uncles um how they you know how they fit in their also chosen family in their community. So it is not just isolated to, you know, one individual and how that happens with that individual in the home or outside of the home. Yeah. It's much more complex. Yeah. Oh, and Alex, uh, before we continue, just tell us how we can reach out to you. My website is www.alexleach.ca or you could email me at alex at alexleach.ca. If you can't remember that, you just remember alexleach.ca, all that information in order how to reach out and contact me or find out more information is actually on my website. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. So what did you have in mind for us today and our listeners? Talk about opportunities. A lot of times when, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, we're talking about a lot of the challenges and struggles all a lot of it's put in sort of this this negative or a lot of parents i hear they feel that they feel like they're being told they're doing things wrong and it's not that they're doing things wrong it's about you know when i'm working with my clients and i'm I'm talking on the subject it's about making opportunities to make a shift or to um you know (laughs) say like upgrade or Mm -hmm. to optimize what is happening because it doesn't always have to be doom and gloom right but it is also not about perfection so it's creating those opportunities seeing what 
Um, for example, um, mental health, a big topic. Um, it's a hot topic today. It should be a hot topic every day. But a lot of that is there's, you know, a lot of families are feeling that there aren't supports there for them, right? And in that, in, in, you know, when you look into that institutionalized version of mental health, they may not have the, you know, the funds or um, a provider or it could be location. There's other opportunities there as well, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be a therapist, a social worker, a um a uh, psychotherapist you know for example for me i'm a consultant and coach and an advocate and i have many many designations um but there it's not a therapist but it is also lived experience with having regulated health professional accommodation i mean accreditations at the end of that right so it's about looking outside the box as well because sometimes it's not necessarily um, what a doctor would prescribe. It's also about um, having that opportunity to find what is that right fit for you. Yeah. Right? The, some of the families that I'm working with, they're just like, this isn't working or mm -hmm. it's working but not enough. There is a missing piece, so we bridge that gap. And then also two opportunities we're looking at. Um, I know I've mentioned before that <laughs> many times before that no one is an island in a family or in a community, but it's also the opportunity when you are doing this, this type of work that I do with my clients, it's helping them find those opportunities to, um, to really enhance and strengthen that family dynamic. And a family mm -hmm. dynamic, there's so many moving pieces in that family dynamic. There's the like parenting partners. So the parent, whether you're married, separated, divorced, common law, but they're your yeah. partner in parenting, right? And then there's that parent child dynamic. And then if there's a if there's siblings, there's the sibling dynamic. So there's so many moving parts in that. And so a lot of families we've been conditioned that here you have this diagnosis, here's the report right now read it and go home so yes you've understood this you've read it now you have the that you've signed up your child for therapy or you know certain classes but now what how does that affect how does that play out for your whole family right because there's that relationship your child they, is dysregulated and it's just not that child that's dysregulated in the family it just everybody becomes dysregulated so it's taking the opportunity to find out what is this diagnosis yeah. mean for your family? What does it mean for your relationships? What does it mean how your family works and communicates together? Because um, it's so important when we, um, when we are a unit, what happens here in our homes now, it has a ripple, ripple effect yeah. for not only tomorrow, next week, but years from now, because as parents, some, and I'm sure, Joel, you can relate to this. Yes. Some of the things that maybe not keep you up at night, but it's always brewing in the back of your head about what is my life, what is my child's life going to look like when they are no longer a dependent? You know, every parent wants their child to be, you know, uh, joyful and successful for whatever mm -hmm. that means for that child, but, right? Uh, but, the stress you and know, the worry of all that, yeah. <laughs> the stress and the worry. So when you have a child that, you know, has some executive challenging, you know, challenges or sensory issues and 
and you know you see what's happening in the here and now when the here and now is the opportunity to to make a shift or to um to do a little bit of work together so the opportunity so the future is much more uh it's less stressful let's put it that way and that we're talking about things like support versus enable how we communicate how we as individuals feel about ourselves, our own thoughts and emotions mm-hmm. and behaviors and how that plays out with the family. And say like my family is a family of four and like three pets. So there's technically seven living beings in my home. Yeah. But you know, like even the dogs are affected by how what's happening in my family dynamic at home. I'm sure it's very similar for yours and your family too. Yeah. Well we got in some way. Well, we got the three of us, and then we lost our cat last year. We are actually on the hunt. We are going later today again to the shelter, which we did the other day. So mm-hmm. we're on the hunt for more life, for more souls in the household, but different <laughs> dynamics, different. Oh, yeah, not, not always easy. No, but mm-hmm. but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So people say, what does that, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Right? And it really is. You know, when I'm, when I'm working with a family, and I say family because it's, it's the parents that come to me, yeah. mm-hmm. one or both. But I say it's a, it's, a fam- it's a family affair, right? So whether it's one parent, two parents, they, they, they reach out and they say, you know, my, my son or daughter is struggling or has been diagnosed with this. I'm like, okay, so we take all this. I take the opportunity. We both do. We make that time. And we find out how this plays out, not just for the child you know, that we're, we're talking about, but how it plays out for the, the whole entire family, right? Because a lot of that is, um, you know, you know, how does that, for example, in my household, you know, if all the focus is at this one particular time is just say on my daughter, how is this affecting my son? How are my daughter's, you know, meltdowns when she's stressed out? How are, is that affecting my son? How is that affecting me? How is that affecting my husband, our family relationships? You know, so we we look at that, right? So it's not just exactly what is it is that's in the report. It's how is this playing out? What do I want as a parent? This is the question. Asked, what do you want as a parent for your child? What are your expectations? What are your concerns? What are your challenges? What are your worries? What are the things that you celebrate? What are the things that you love about this? you know, this situation or the diagnosis. So we look at all aspects of that, right? And then um, when I'm working with the, you know, the the child, usually a tween teen or young adult, and I also say, you know, to the parents, uh, before I work with your son and or daughter, um, there is a parent commitment, right? There is, like, whether it's, Um, you have a session every few months, you know, to find out what's going on, how is it playing? Because a lot of the times, and this is not a, uh, it's a gap that I find, Mm -hmm. right? I'm hearing that from my clients that their children, they go to, um, say, social skills classes or group classes, and they're learning all this, but then they come home, right? And they're bringing it home. The, The rest of the family wasn't there for that you know, for that session, that lesson, they don't really know what's going on or they get a cold note version, but they don't have, they're not taught or have the opportunity to talk or um, about how this is affecting them. 
how can they help their child? How can this help the family? So that, um, that's what I do a lot. So it is, it's all about family empowerment, right? Yeah. And a lot of questions come up and it really, sometimes there's sort of, you know, it's very similar in a lot of, in a lot of families, but it's always very uniquely to that one family because every person is different, especially every autistic individual is different. Just because you know one person with autism doesn't know doesn't mean you know everyone yeah. that has autism. Because it is not a cookie cutter diagnosis, it's a spectrum. Anything on the in the neurodiverse, you know, sort of under the neurodiverse umbrella is a spectrum. Interesting. Alex, remind us how we can reach out to you. It's Alex at alexleach.ca is my email. And there is also Alex www.alexleach.ca that's my website perfect all right we still got uh, time in the show but wanted to make sure we remind everyone um (laughs) what else did you have in mind for us today as a neurodiversity coach educator and so much more it really is about again when we get to you know opportunities making those opportunities what is it you know because parents a lot of it they're you know and i can speak for myself as well you know, as a parent, you're just doing the best that you can and you're exhausted and overwhelmed. And so what do you, what do, you do when you are tapped out? Yeah. You know that your child needs this help or they're having, a, you know, another meltdown and you just have nothing left in the tank, right? And you lose it and you feel like a really crappy parent, mm-hmm. right? So my message is you're not a crappy parent. Yep. Right. You are doing the best you can. So it's really important to have that, you know, that empathy for self and that self-compassion for yourself. Because a lot of times we as parents, we're so selfless when it comes to our children a lot of the time. So we put all the emphasis on that and we forget about who we are or what we need. And it sounds like a big cliche, you know, it's a cliche for a reason. But you, you know, when you're in that airplane, you have, when those oxygen masks come down, you must put it on yourself first in order so you can help those that you love. And a lot of times with parents, I hear a lot of it. I'm so tired. I feel numb. I I feel isolated. Um, At the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm worried about my relationship with my partner because I'm just tapped out or I just feel like I'm giving and giving and giving. And it's like, you are tired because you are giving, Yeah. but that's okay. So how are you as a parent going to fuel up? Yeah. So those are a lot of the things that I, you know, I talk about with my clients. And I mean, I know you mentioned you speak to the parents, but you also work with the children too as a family unit as well, right? Is it normally start with the parents first, I'm assuming? And do the sessions usually entail you with the whole family or do you break off into with the, uh, with the child in a sense? Well, a lot of it is, um, again, it's so, it really depends on what, you know, what the parents want, right, for their child. Yeah. But they, they come to me because of their child. That's the first and foremost. So I listen, and I listen, and we, we set things up, and I work with their child, yeah. right? But then I also, in but that first session is 90 minutes with the parents. So we talk about the child, but we also talk about them yeah. and we talk about the whole dynamic. And then um, 
then what happens next is I start meeting with the child. But I always, and everything is always confidential, and I do say to um, the, you know, the individuals that I'm working with, they are most of them are minors but they're still dependent even dependents even if they're like 18 19 21 yeah. they're still dependents right so there is that confidentiality and i do say you know is there anything that other than the harm to yourself or others right that i am obliged and i i must share but is there anything that you would like me to share or not share with your parents so the child feels it's they're also in control right because a lot of times yeah. too they, they need somebody to speak to but they're not worried about hurting their parents feeling because children a lot of the kids i hear is that not only are they confused and they have their own struggle but they're like i really i really feel badly that i'm autistic or i have all these because it makes it harder for my parents so there's a lot of shame and guilt that their their children are feeling as well and sometimes parents aren't aware of that and so i'm able to help bridge that and i think probably about 90 percent in my practice it's yeah. one or the other but i do work with the family together i it's very rarely that they want to have everybody there at the same time usually it's one parent with one child if it's it's a session with them together right but usually it's very identified but i do do check-ins and they and they like it that um they find it a very safe space having me as the, the bridge, not the middleman, because I'm not reporting back and forth. Really what my my what my job is, my mission is, is to, to bridge that gap. Aww. We clearly mm -hmm. love what you do and you're passionate. Oh, just for the new time okay. listeners who don't know a little about your background, would you mind just explaining to them why you got into this? <clears throat> Um, I got in, initially I got into this because when my children were both being diagnosed um, with autism and their multiple diagnoses, I started also seeing similar patterns from my own childhood and realizing that um, this spans generations, right? And it also, um, in all the work that I was in advocating and work I was doing to help my children, I started realizing um, that there were gaps in the system. We are so blessed with a lot of opportunities that are out there, but nothing is perfect, right? And there, and I'm finding that what I, how I started building my practice and my business was from the gaps that I noticed as a parent, being a parent raising two neurodistinct kids who are now teenagers, as well as for myself because there's a lot of um, services out there that are absolutely amazing, but they're not lived experiences. Yeah. Right? So, you know, that's my number one thing is when you are, when you have a child who is neuro, you know, neurodiverse or identifies somewhere as neurodiverse, that you find somebody to work with who has the lived experience, not just the book smart. Yeah, because to have both, it makes sure. all the difference in the world. I found that for myself. Yeah, and that's what I hear. Yeah. Do you have any questions, Jill? Do you have well, anything you know, like that? I think I told you about my, I have a nephew, uh, mm -hmm. right, who's been diagnosed. Well, I mean, the anxiety, the, 
high okay. level function in um, ADHD, and uh, but they don't use the word autistic, but someone else did. But he's definitely special in a good way. And, uh-huh. um, you know, I just feel like my sister, she's really kind of in denial about it. Like, we just finally he left the diploma program so he's in what 10th uh-huh. grade so he won't get a diploma which is fine he's going to do the career side of things right and he's doing career trading and he's he's a wonderful soul but i feel like it's hard to talk to my sister about it and uh-huh. as a parent to parent like um I, there's maybe anger maybe hurt denial um uh-huh. you know because i always say well what's exactly wrong what's special and when i start asking questions and he's uh-huh. you know 16 it's like she doesn't want to talk about it so is uh-huh. that normal to feel that way? Because, I mean, she's my sister, you would think. But, yeah. I mean, you've gone through this, and I know you're per- personally, and, and you worked with people, but there's a come a point where it's, I, I would assume it's good to talk about to try to. Uh-huh. But no, yeah. how do you yeah. handle people that are a little standoffish about their child being different, I guess is my question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> First thing I always say, I want to say different, not laugh. Hashtag yes. different, not last. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is, it's very isolating because there's, there's so, it's, it's very complex. Like you just, you know, what you told me about your sister, there, there, I'm sure there are many things, obviously I can't speak for her, but there's also, there's the exhaustion, like, oh, do I have, you know, do I have the energy to talk about that? That is probably okay. number one. Do I have the energy? But yeah. two, it's like, oh no, it's another thing. What is wrong? Like there's that word wrong. What is wrong? wrong. Yeah, it was wrong. And it was like, oh, wrong. Everyone focuses on the wrong. That's all that I see, right? That's another layer. And then another layer is, you know, could possibly be, you know, I'm, it doesn't matter what I say, you know, I don't want to get into it because, you know, you you do feel very protective and very raw at times, right? And a lot of times, you know, families, you know, the extended and our friends and family, and I will speak from personal experience, you know, um, I love my parents very much and they're amazing grand grandparents. And, but they're still on a, a, a very spiky learning curve all the time. Right. Because, well, you know, when I was a kid or this is, you know, what happened to the bull, that was you at that point in time, this is now and your grandson and or daughter in this time, you know, and then don't forget there was a whole other generation in in between that was yeah, me, uh, right? Yeah, a lot of people like so, that. Yeah, they so break back to them and their yeah, and and as expectations, and there's a lot of expectations that you know are out there that are unwritten, and and even as a parent, we have certain expectations, and then when we see our children not reaching those expectations. What do you do with it? Is there, there could be frustration, there could be, you know, resentment, and it may not even be with their child. It could be, you know, a lot of it, it's situational, right? Yeah. And, and there's also this, you know, I've, I've had, you know, many moments where there's resentment that comes up, Yeah. you know, and that as a parent is really hard. You're not, resenting your child but you're resenting the situation Mm -hmm. and and you know luckily I had some great people in my life that helped me and a lot of my my training and and also with that neuroscience background that I have and you know my own research that I've been doing to create my practice there's a lot of um there's 
there's that. How do we, how do I shift and move through that? Because our kids are smart. Our kids know, and I have no problem sharing this. One of the worst, the most devastating moments in my life as a parent is when my daughter was five years old and she could see that I was frustrated with something else, not even related to her. And she looked at me and she had these tears pooling in her eyes and she said, mommy, I'm so sorry. I'm like, why, what's wrong? She said, I'm sorry I'm autistic. I see it's really, it may, I see you and daddy arguing and I know a lot of it's about me. Oh. You know, this is coming from a kid that's like, you know, five, six, and it broke my heart. And that was a massive moment, and, a massive yeah. turning point that it was like, <laughs> I'm trying not to swear. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> like, bleep, it's like, shit. Uh huh, wake up. You know? Wow. I have like, to... I, it was a huge wake up. It was like, my kid sees what I'm going through, and I think I'm hiding it from them. I'm not. Yeah. They are so smart. So when I'm talking about family dynamics and I'm talking about all this, that's why I said it's not just the child that is neurodiverse or neurodistinct that is going through stuff. It's everybody, yeah. right? And I, from that moment on, I have been working so hard as a parent to try and erase that, not erase that memory because I don't, it's a benchmark for me, Yeah. right? but trying to take that moment and learn from it. And if I, and this is also why I'm so passionate about it too, because if it's happened to me, I know it's happened to other parents. And if I can help another family not go through that or, or you know, shift or, you know, flip the script for whatever is happening in there. So that yeah. family is well, healthier as a unit. Yep. That is, I would be so happy. Well, That's I my apologize. We're out of time, Alex. How I know. Can we reach out to you? Would you mind sharing? It's alexleach.ca. Perfect. So that's my website. And my email is alex at alexleach.ca. All right. Thank you so much. Pleasure having you here as always. And we'll talk soon, okay? Thank you again. Thank you so much, Jill. Okay. Thank you. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country. But unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States, including yours. But they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together. We're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council.